0: And welcome to the Security Podcast from Security Magazine. With the Security Podcast, we sit down with thought leaders in the industry. And today we're here to talk with Beck McEwen, Immersive Labs Director of Human Science, to explore the mental health, psychological impacts of cybersecurity incidents. McEwen has been researching the psychology behind electronic warfare and information and in cybersecurity breaches, for 15 years and today we will talk about the research behind the impact of crisis response and more. Welcome back.
1: Hi, thank you very much.
0: Thanks for coming on. So let's talk first if you could give me a brief overview of your background and where your interest lies when it comes to cybersecurity.
1: Sure. Um, Background wise, I became a psychologist in 2004, having been to Cranfield University in 2003 to do a master's degree in applied psychology. And from there, I stayed at the university for another 15 years. Um, and I was fortunate enough to do work across transport, such as rail and aviation, before I moved into defence, security and defence sector. And what I've seen across all of those 15 years of research, it kind of doesn't almost matter so much around the different places that people work. You find that the brain works in the same way and the same sort of underlying principles apply across a, a wide variety of domains. And that led to me build, um, doing some research on building at resilience through cognitive agility. And that was mainly in the security and defense area. So hence applying that now to cybersecurity is where I'm at at the moment with Immersive Labs.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. That's really interesting. So let's talk first about the research behind psychological impacts of cybersecurity attacks. Tell me what you know.
1: Yeah, um, it's such a massive research area, it's really quite difficult to sort of frame it all down. Um, There is one particular piece of research that I like to refer to that was done at Oxford University, and they talk about, they identify different types of cyber harm, Mm -hmm. um, which I found quite interesting because they neatly categorised it into everything. um, So that's the physical and digital impacts of cyber attacks, Mm -hmm. economic impacts, reputational impacts the impact on social you know, social and societal impacts and also psychological so for me that sort of breaks it yeah you know, the psychological impacts down into some nice neat little categories and obviously the psychological side of it is my area of expertise yeah. um, so i think that really it's it's about the underpinning psychological processes it's about the way that our brains work and how we deal with the information and the problems that are coming in and the resilience area of that for me is really particularly quite interesting because there is such an individual variation in the way that people respond so how do we then apply that to cybersecurity and building resilience wow.
0: That's really fascinating. I never thought about all of the different silos that you just mentioned from physical physical impacts, psychological impacts, cyber impacts, et cetera. It's really interesting.
1: Yeah, I think there's, it, it helps to clarify. I think when you're when sort of seniors are looking at how they protect their organizations, if you can clarify it down into five different categories, it makes the whole thing a lot more manageable.
0: So when we talk about security professionals, executives, practitioners, they're equipped with those leadership skills or the technical skills to do their jobs, but are they equipped psychologically to deal with the kind of impacts of incidents in your experience?
1: Um, I think that is a really interesting question to ask because as I just mentioned, there are individual differences there's a huge variation in the way that different people respond to different crises and at different points in their lives. It's all very context driven. Um, so it's a very interesting question because given that large variation, how on earth do you work at how best to deploy who in which area? Um, the research that's been done into resilience is really interesting and it's found it's not just about personality traits. Resilience is something that can be trained. So you can actually raise the standards of most people within the organization to become more resilient.
0: Great. Let's let's jump into that a little bit briefly about that training piece of resiliency. What is the best way to go about that? And are there particular character traits that people need before being able to build um, that side of their their, their skill set,
1: uh, kind of. Uh, Psychology is always a bit yes, if, but and maybe. There's never a straight answer to it. Um, <laughs> All of the research into resilience, I mean, it's been going on since the Second World War. So, you know, there's a whole history of resilience research there. And initially it focused very much on individual characteristics and things like uh, personality traits. But the, you know, as the years have gone past, um, it's become very apparent that it's not just about personality. There is a thing about processes and outcomes as well, which is where the idea that actually you can give people some additional skills to help them become more resilient. It's not just reliant purely on personality. Um, There is it's called the Robertson Cooper Model of Workplace Resilience, um, and they published it in 2015. It's one of the the biggest studies and Kerry Cooper, one of the authors, is very well known in the occupational psychology world. Um, And that's the one that I tend to refer to because I think it's a very nice um, it's a simple way of explaining complexity mm-hmm. and what they say in you know is that um, confidence is one part of individual resilience the ability to be adaptable um, to have social support and also um, some sort of purposefulness and what they mean by that is that you develop the ability to sort of to be positive about what you can take from experiences and learn from them, not just to be sort of crushed by them, which is quite easy to do if it's a bad thing um, and to learn and grow from that and keep going towards goals. So there is a sort of a mindset element to that there. Um, And I think for me, there's also a need to become very self-aware about what you personally, where you are in your learning journey, what your current skills are um, and understanding your own strengths and how you can build on those as well as the areas that you perhaps need to develop. And I think that when you look at those four things together, it nicely encapsulates the sort of skills that you need to build resilience. Let's
0: talk about the length of cybersecurity or cyber events effects. How long in your experience, in your research, or are there particular incidents that you recall that you've researched? How long do psychological repercussions of cyber events tend to last? And are there, um, quote unquote, long lasting effects?
1: I personally think there are. Again, it's going to be very much down to the individuals because they're, you know, different people can handle things in different ways. But there's, there seems to be, in my experience, some stages that you go through. So you have the initial short-term response, the technical repercussions, if you like. So it's, it's about, you know, you've kicked the attacker out. You've done your triaging. The network and the services are all back online. Um, then you sort of move into a slightly more considered, less. Um, knee-jerk response if you like so how do you maintain these effective relationships with your regulators you know the compliance side of things how do you rebuild your brand Um, share price customer relationships so there's all of that sort of thing and what happens there is you move from the short term is is very much about a crisis response. It's command and control, and it's all very much adrenaline based. And let's do something now because we really need to get onto this. So then you step back from that and you start to build in the medium term things, um, and that's where I think that your psychological effects change. So they continue all the way through. So yes, they are long lasting. I think is what I'm trying to say there, but they change throughout the the period post. Um, post event so it can move from you know the initial sort of panic and worry and anxiety and then it as things calm down you can still be worried about things because building the brand is important you know there's, there's a lot of pressure on how you're going to go away from that and even in the longer term then to me it's about how as individuals do you cope with everything that you've just been through and that's where I sort of come back to the self-awareness thing, and it's about having reviews and working out, well, how did we do with this? What could we have done better? What did we do really well? And I think that by going through that is helping you rebuild. And this kind of sort of it it goes in line with the, this need for continual training across the entire exec function um it's not just about skills like closing ports and finding vulnerable software but it is also about the judgment how do you manage all of the stakeholders how do you manage your internal organization to protect against this thing and learn from it and be stronger next time round? and hence the, the where resilience comes into it
0: so you mentioned back Training for resiliency. You mentioned some character character traits that you've seen. You mentioned continual training. Are there any other things that organizations or security leaders can do to combat some of those negative impacts of incident response and in events?
1: Yeah, I think it's for me starting with the the sort of investigation after the event, that's the really important part. I think that when it's all over, it's been a lot of decisions have been taken. Everybody's really tired from that. You've got decision fatigue going on and you want to just take a breath and move on. Um, and that's perfectly natural. What the best thing to do is to go back and review that in a very sort of structured way, because then what you can do is learn from it in the moment, because that's where the magic happens in the in the calm waters after the emergency. Yeah. That's where all of the learning is done. Um, and I think the model that I mentioned earlier is quite good because it talks about confidence well if you go through that learning from the um the event itself you're then building confidence because you think actually we, we did deal with that quite well because we did all of these things right there are some things that need adjusting to take us forward but then that makes people feel a little bit more settled because confidence is one of the key parts of resilience um the another part of resilience is adaptability so by regularly doing exercises and then regularly reviewing those exercises as well as all of you know any events that might happen that's building the ability to make connections between previous decisions how to apply them when they're not applicable so it's building up what i would call cognitive agility mm. so that makes you much more adaptable as a thinker um, and another vital part of it for me is the bit that they term social support Mm -hmm. Um, And to me, it's about building relationships, because the last thing you want to do is test relationships between the people within your organisation in a crisis mode. Um, I saw a wonderful example of this when I was working with um, Ministry of Defence personnel, working on this very sort of thing. And we had some people that had worked together for a very long time. They were very similar. They got on very well. They were friends. And yet under pressure, there was some friction between them and nobody expected it because they work together so well but it just showed me that actually if you're doing that under pressure and you get friction that's going to impact greatly on the way that you respond to the crisis so if you have these rehearsals and build these relationships you get all of that friction out of the way it's dealt difficult conversations happen in a very calm environment and then when the chips are down yeah. everybody is on the same page and can react without anything else getting in the way of that and it makes your response so much more effective so i think that's why i particularly like that model of resilience because i think it just takes the really really important parts i said focus on these
0: yeah so before a crisis and i know you mentioned a lot of um tabletop exercises, training as being particularly important after an incident response, what did you learn? I imagine that's just as important before um, uh, an incident happens, but are there any other, um, is there any other research or any other things that you've seen that um, security leaders or organizations can do to mitigate these kind of negative effects before they happen
1: yes absolutely Um, i did a huge piece of research on what the military would call an after action review so it's a debrief Um, and what i saw from that research i did it across the us canadian and um, british armies and what i found from that research was is that by doing the after action review and making sure that the output of that goes into the training for the next exercise Mm -hmm. you're then picking up on the things that went wrong the thing the worst thing that can happen is that you have a big after action review there's a report and you've had all of your lessons learned and it gets put into a file on somebody's hard drive and never referred to again Um, Um, And I think the thing that I learned from that research was the importance of taking what you learn from one and making sure that you're building it into the next training event, exercise, the rehearsals, I think is probably a better way of calling it. Because to me, rehearsals need to be part of the day job rather than a separate training exercise, because by that you're doing it regularly, your skills are kept up to date and you're constantly revisiting those things, it becomes almost an automatic response then. So again, that's about building confidence, working out all of those connections and building that resilience. Um, and I think if you try and imagine that as a collective trait, mm-hmm. yes, you've got a whole bunch of individuals doing that. Imagine the whole uh, the power that you get from a team of people who are resilient and can quickly fix problems in adverse situations. Oh, that's
0: fantastic. Okay, great. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you for coming on, Beck.
1: Thank you very much. I've enjoyed the talk.
0: (laughs) Me as well. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Security Podcast. Don't forget to rate or review our podcast from your favorite streaming channel, Apple, Spotify, or directly from our website at securitymagazine.com.